on, somebody give him a hand this evening. It's awesome to be in God's house with God's people and just love on him and worship him tonight. He's worthy, amen. Hey, can we take a moment and just invite the presence of the Lord to be in this service with us tonight? Slip our hands to heaven. Father, we need to take this moment and just say how grateful we are, God, of what we're celebrating tonight and tomorrow, God, the birth of your son. It would come to a world that was in loss and in need of you. And, Lord, still today is in need of you. God, we pray, God, in this moment together that we have, God, that your presence would be in our midst. God, and you would come close and minister to hearts and lives. And we thank you again for what you did. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen.
why don't you just close your eyes right now? Let's just take opportunity of this moment in God's presence and all the busyness and that we've just come out of and getting ready to go into. Just we take a moment and just recognize God's presence and His peace right now. We just take a deep breath and just say, thank you, Jesus, for all you've done. That There's peace available to all of us. You're the hope of the world. There's no hopeless situation, Lord. We just want to thank you. You're God of miracles. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give them a round of applause. Amen. You may have a seat. And we want to invite the children to come up for our Christmas story. So come on up, kids, and have a seat on the step. And we got to see if you remember anything that you talked about with Pastor John during our Advent season. So come and have a place on the stage here. You can sit up there or on the steps. All right, everybody, looking good. Anybody excited about Christmas? Yes, one guy. One guy's excited. Two guys. All right, everybody's excited. Uh, come on, squeeze in here. Okay, now what do you remember? You're talking to Pastor John during Advent season. He was asking about the Christmas tree. Is there anything about that tree that reminds you of God or Christmas or anything? The star. The star. And what about the star? What was special about it? Anybody? Why was there a star in the sky? Because maybe Jesus. So, yeah. Jesus' birthday. Very good. What else? The three kings followed the star to find Jesus. Very good. And what's under the tree? Presents? Is anybody getting any of those? Yep. <laughs> All right. So, do you open presents tonight on Christmas Eve or wait till Christmas Day? How many? Both, man, that's exciting. Both, huh? Parents, you can work that out when you get home. You might have to open some up tonight. I don't know. I'll wait till Christmas. Okay, Kelsey, you want to read the Christmas story? Long ago, a man named Isaiah told people that Jesus would come and help them. Isaiah knew that Jesus is God's son. When it was time for Jesus to come, God sent an angel to tell Mary. Mary was afraid at first. She'd never met an angel, but she was happy to hear God had chosen her to be Jesus' mother. God sent an angel to Joseph in a dream. The angel told Joseph that Mary's baby would be God's son, Jesus. Before Jesus was born, Mary and Joseph traveled to Bethlehem. Bethlehem was very crowded. No one had a place for them to stay. Mary and Joseph had to stay in a stable Jesus was born there. Mary wrapped him and laid him in a manger. Angels appeared to shepherds and told them about Jesus. The shepherds left their sheep and went to Bethlehem to see baby Jesus. Wise men followed a special star to come and worship Jesus. We can worship Jesus too. Well, amen. How about giving the kids a big hand? Great book. job holding that book up for everybody. So whose birthday is it tomorrow? Jesus. All right, let's give the kids a big hand. You can go back to your seats. And on the way there, you're going to see kind of a little video about what kids think about Christmas. An angel came to see Mary. She was doing laundry. And then the angel just appeared and she was really scared. 
So Gabriel was like, Mary, you're going to have, what? I can't, I can't say good. Mary, you're going to have a baby. I, you're going to have a baby, and you will call him Jesus. And then Mary was like, I'm not going to have a baby yet. I'm only a teenager. I'm not married. Then the angel Gabriel told Joseph that Mary is not lying. She, you are having a new baby. And so they met up. They went to Bethlehem, which was Joseph's old town. They ride a donkey. <laughs> I don't know. A camel. Oh, yeah, a camel. She said, this donkey's fast. They tried to go to a hotel, and they asked the keeper um, for a place to stay. The keeper said, we have no rooms, literally no rooms. So Mary and Joseph walked away sadly, but then he said, the only place in here in Bethlehem that, that you can stay, stay is a staple. And then he just pointed the way and they followed. When the shepherds were taking care of the sheep, then they saw angels. The angels said, a new baby is getting born, who is king of the Jews. The angel were singing. And then the shepherds said, I think we should go there and meet him. The second, I think, said, yeah, I agree with you. And the other said, yeah, me too. They had to walk through a bunch of grass and bushes, maybe have to camp out a night. And then the wise men heard about it. And then a star appeared. Well, we should probably follow that star. It's pointing down to the barn. So maybe we should follow it. Maybe. So the wise men went to Jesus. They gave them gifts. A stuffed animal, like a hippo one, to have at home. Some diapers, and some wipes, and some milk, some shoes, some Jordans. Gold, Frank, and Latimer. And I don't know how I would survive in that barn. Too stinky, too crowded, and ugh. I think he probably pooped because the room was very smelly. Thank you for coming. He's adorable. He's gonna be our best friend. I love you, and you're the best baby I ever seen. There, I said it. <laughs> the new baby is gonna change the world. Hey, Amen. That's pretty good, right? Awesome. Hey, we are glad that you're here on this Christmas Eve evening. Are you doing good? How many kids are excited about opening some presents? Anybody? A few. Awesome. Well, we're super happy that you're here. No better place than to worship God together uh, on, a, on a Sunday night, just bringing in the, the Christmas season. Uh, here's, it's our offering time. If our ushers will go ahead and, and uh, prepare the, uh, the offering. Hey, if you're a part of our church and you want to give an offering or your tithes, you can go ahead and do that. But as I was thinking about this earlier today, you know, over the next 24 hours, we're going to be hanging out with family and friends. We're going to be uh, opening presents. We're going to be giving presents. And uh, all those things are amazing. But, you know, sometimes we can lose the focus of what this season's all about. And really, it's just worshiping God. It's thanking God for what he's done in our life. It's thanking God for blessing us. And the reason that we give back to God, we return our tithes and we give an offering, is because he's been so good to us. 
And so as you're preparing your offering, let's pray. Lord, we love you today. God, we thank you, Lord, that you've given us uh, the ultimate gift, and that was your son. Uh, Lord, tonight we honor you, we bless you. And God, I just pray that you would bless this gift and every giver. And Lord, we celebrate you right now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.
want to go ahead and have a seat. We're going to do communion in just a few moments. If you had, you didn't get communion when you came in the door, if you just slip your hand up, somebody in the back will be looking for you to bring some communion to you tonight. But just continue to worship with us for one more song before we enter into this time of communion. How many people know we are victorious because of what Jesus did? Absolutely. Hey, if you'll throw this verse on the screen real fast, I think it's basically a verse that sums up the whole Bible. It's John 3.16. Let's read it together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Listen, that's what this whole holiday is about. You know, when you think about Christmas, we're celebrating the birth of Christ. But when we take communion, what we're really reflecting on is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. Because of Jesus' death, listen, we can now have relationship with God. We can now be forgiven of our sins. We can now uh, be whole. We can be healed. We can have peace in our life. You know, and, and maybe a lot of you in here are going through valleys in your life, or maybe you're on the mountaintop. But listen, there's a God that loves each and every one of us today. He cares about us. He knows us. Maybe there's some areas in your life where you feel confusion or you just feel like you're just downtrodden. We serve a God that's overcame everything. And because of that, we can have joy. We can have an abundant life. And so as we pray for these elements, I want you to think about your own life. The Bible calls us to examine our life. And sometimes it's just good to stop everything, to thank God, and to just listen to what he's saying. But let's pray. Lord, today, we love you. God, we thank you that you love us. Lord, we, we pause this evening just to say thank you. Thank you for loving us, for caring about us. God, as we hold this little wafer that represents your broken body, we just say, Lord, thanks so much. God, a lot of times maybe our life uh, isn't perfect, but God, we know that you're the Savior of the world. We know that you came as a little baby and you died a, a, a brutal death, but you lived a perfect life 
to restore us to the Father. And God, because of that death, God, we can have freedom. We can have liberty. We can have peace. So God, right now, as we're just taking a few moments, Lord, we say, Holy Spirit, speak to us. We need you. Thank you for this body. In Jesus' name, amen. You may take the the body. Let's pray over the, the cup. Lord, we thank you for this cup and the blood that it represents, the perfect blood of Christ. God, you shed it for us. And Lord, we just, we acknowledge it this evening. God, we say thank you. God, we thank you that because of this cup, we can overcome. Because of this cup, we can come boldly to the throne of grace. Because of this cup, we can be restored. Because of this cup, we can be forgiven of our sins. God, we don't take that lightly. We just say, Lord, thank you for everything that you've done. God, bless this drink in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Hey, let's stand back on our feet and let's worship the Lord. One more song.
Amen. I think that's a good time to give him some worship. Give him a round of applause. Hallelujah. He is worthy. Amen. Before you have a seat, turn around, shake hands with a few people, give them a high five, a Merry Christmas Eve. Ask them what uh, they're getting you for Christmas. Amen, amen. Good to see everybody here this evening. I'm just going to share a short kind of a story with you, but before I do that, I want one of the members of our church, Terry Anderson, just to share a little bit about how God's love has got a hold of him and changed his life. You know that song, uh, Come Let Us Adore Him? You know, it used to not have any meaning for me. You know, Christmas was about, I heard the songs, you know, and I seen that, you know, it was all good. You know, it was about getting something, though, you know. And then, uh, just in case, for you that don't know, I used to be an alcoholic, drug addict, drug dealer most of my life. I didn't go to church. I didn't know God. I didn't want to know God. I didn't know anything about God. And then I got incarcerated in 1999. And in Bowie County Jail, I came to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And my first Christmas after that was in Wood County in the Johnson unit. And I'm going to tell you, that Christmas, even locked up, had new meaning. Because after you know Jesus is Lord and Savior, this is all different. It really is. It's just amazing. It's not something that's up here. It's something that's in here. You know, and I wasn't looking for God, but he was looking for me. You know, and he met me at my lowest. And he's turned my life around. You know, and these songs, they have a different meaning. This getting together with people, with brothers and sisters in Christ, is amazing. You know, it's just amazing what God's done. You know, I have a peace and a joy today. In the midst, and everything's not perfect, in the midst of things that's not perfect, I have that joy that's inside knowing that my God loves me, you know, and that I matter to him. And you know what? You matter to him too. You know, and he loves you. He loves you with a love that we can't even understand, but we can receive it and feel it. You know, and it's just amazing. And you know, I, I you know, I know we're all looking forward to bar or tonight getting Christmas presents. But if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I pray that you receive Him, the gift that never stops giving, that has eternal consequences tonight. You know, and receive Him as your Lord and Savior. You know what? And this Christmas feeling, this joy of getting together and all this, is available all throughout the year. Amen. Amen. You know, and that's what's awesome. So just praise God. I just thank you. Amen, Terry. Amen. You know, I've heard his story several times. We said 1999. I'm thinking, that wasn't that long ago. And it seems like he's been, you know, somebody in the Lord for years and years and just knows the word and prays. And he leads our, leads our Celebrate Recovery ministry on Friday nights. And matter of fact, if you got any, you say hurts, hang-ups, and habits. Hurts, habits, or hang-ups, anything. And just something bigger than God. Man, show up Friday night. I mean, God's doing a big thing here at church on Friday night. But appreciate it, Terry. Amen. God bless you. You know, I want to talk to you a moment, a little thought about love at its best. Because this time of the year, we need to be reminded, first of all, that God does love us, and he has a plan for our life. And that is, it's an amazing love. It's a love that transcends human logic. Uh, the fact, first of all, that he sent his only son, and you just kind of pause on that a minute, how he could possibly do that to know he was going to hang on a cross and die for our sins. And, but the interesting thing about that, it said Jesus died for us while we were yet sinners. That meant we didn't have to earn this thing. It's a gift that's given to us. And we can know him. God wants so desperately to have relationship with us. And that's what this season's all about. That's what this gift is about, uh, what we see in the manger. 
Now, when I think about love at its best, I think of a story maybe you've never heard on Christmas Day, but it's a story, it's in the Old Testament, and it's a prophet by the name of Hosea. Now, Hosea is a prophet trying to follow God and serve God, and, and he gets a word from God that says, I want you to go marry a woman that's going to be unfaithful to you, and probably unfaithful at the moment, and not a Christian girl, okay? Probably somebody out there in the world. And here's the thing. More than likely, he did not go just see this woman, and her name was Gomer, and he just didn't walk up and say, hey, God told me we're going to get married. Let's go get married. And young man, that's not the way to do it, okay? Uh, even if you get a word from God, there's a process. And women, if somebody comes up to you like that and it's the first thing they say, I would kind of run away, just my personal advice. But that means he had to woo this woman. He had to pursue this woman. He had to try to win her over. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, that would be the process, at least in my mind. And so he probably didn't go to the nightclubs and the bars and, and go in there to try to find her. But there's a good chance he could have been waiting there at 2 in the morning when she come out of the clubs. And he might have said, hey, let's go get some coffee. And she'd look at him like, hey, aren't you that preacher guy down the street? And you know, forget it. And he could have done that for days, possibly weeks. We don't know how long. But he pursued her. And maybe one of those nights was a night where Gomer just hit her lowest. She hit rock bottom, and she just realized this world's not giving her anything back. And, and you know, it was all this excitement at first, but it's just not feeling this empty void in her. And there he is, maybe 2 in the morning again. Hey, would you want to go get some coffee? And she just looked at him that time and said, yeah, I really would. And they go down to the local Holy Grounds coffee shop, and they sit there, and, and they have a conversation. And he's asking her questions. And, and, you know, by the time this is over, she's realizing she's feeling different. Because this is the first time a man has maybe just listened to her and didn't ask anything from her. And when the date was over, he said, hey, let's have coffee again or maybe let's have dinner. But however long that process was, he pursued her to the point where he asked her hand in marriage. And they got married. And the Bible says they had their first child was a boy. And there's a good chance maybe the marriage was pretty good for a little while. Maybe it was kind of exciting. We don't know at what point, but we know that she went back to her old lifestyle. She went back to the world, and maybe there was a couple nights she'd be gone a week, maybe a few weeks at a time. It could have got to the point it could have been months at a time that she was gone from home. And they ended up having three children. And the last one, and there's a good chance those last two at least were from another man. Because the Bible said God had him name that last child, you're not my kin, or you're not my family, you're not my people. Now, the whole time, God was using this marriage as a picture of to Israel, to God's children, how they were following other gods. They were not being faithful to God. And he was trying to use this whole thing, to me, as a picture of love at its best, how God loves us and has a plan for our life. And you can imagine this man of God, single parent now, trying to raise his children. And there's a good chance every night when they'd go to bed, they'd be asking Daddy, where's mommy? You know, where's mom? We miss mommy. And he said, we just got to pray for mommy. We're going to believe for America. We're going to believe God's going to bring her back. Let's pray. And they would say a prayer every night. And so we don't know how much time goes by, but one day he goes to the marketplace, and, and he, he knows people talk about him. But this time it's like they're really looking at him, and they're really kind of going back and forth, and they're talking about him. And, and he goes to one of the people he knows. He said, hey, what's, what's going on today? He said, you haven't heard? 
He said, your wife, Gomer, she's on the auction block tomorrow. She's being sold as a slave. And here's the thing about Gomer in this story. She went back to the world, and what does the world do? It offers you a whole bunch, but it'll chew you up and spit you out and leaveth nothing. See, that's the thing about sin. It takes you farther than you think it's going to take you. It costs you more than you think it's going to cost you, and it leaves you in a place you never thought it'd leave you. And she's at the very bottom now. And she's being sold with other farm animals. Now let's go back to Hosea. I don't know, I just picture when he heard that, he ran home with some hope in his heart, and he goes to those kids, and he talks to them and says, hey, God's answering our prayer. I want you to get ready, kids. Mommy's coming home tonight. We're gonna, I'm going to go get Mommy. She's coming home. I want you to draw a nice warm bath and put some bubbles in it, lay out her nicest dress. You color some pictures, and we're going to hang up a banner that says, welcome home, Mommy. And those kids were all excited. And then I believe he got everything he had, threw it on that donkey and headed to the auction. And he got there, and we don't know how the bidding goes, but we do know how much he paid. And maybe it started at two shekels, and, and maybe they were laughing at her and said, oh, man, that donkey before that was worth more than she is, and maybe throwing fruit at her, just laughing at her. And, but the bid could have went up. But at some point, Hosea steps up and says, I bid 15 shekels of silver and a measure and a half of barley. Now, I believe everybody got quiet at that point. Because first of all, barley is a commodity you could use if you were poor. It was your grain for your livestock, or for your real poor, it could have been your meal. And I believe when he said that, I believe everybody got, because he could have bid 16 shekels of silver, 20, and built, I believe that was all the money he had, just what I'm thinking in my mind, and he had to throw in the grain he had. But I believe all the people got real quiet, and they probably looked at each other and say, man, this guy must really, really love his wife. I mean, to, to give him everything he's got. And I'm going to tell you about love at his best. And he got her maybe up on that donkey, whatever he got there with, and, and I bet the whole way home she just hangs her head in shame, probably doesn't say a word, just thinking, man, how could he take me back? Man, I have been so unfaithful. I've been so terrible. How could he possibly? And just maybe just crying all the way home. But he gets home, and they open the door, and I'm telling you, those kids hug her, and they love her, and daddy's there, and they're just, and she just for that moment thinks, why did I ever leave this? How many have done that? Where you've experienced God's love, and you've kind of went back out there, and the world doesn't have anything to offer, does it? It always leaves you empty. See, we all have a hole in our life. It's a God hole. You can try putting anything you want in there. The only thing that satisfies is your relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. We're talking about love at its best. And this Christmas season, I want you to think of where you're at in that story. And, you know, I went to church 30-some years, and I knew all the stories, and, but it was all up here, and I never got down to here until somebody asked me one day, if you died today, would you go to heaven or hell? And I really, it kind of stopped me a minute, and I really didn't know. And it was that point he just said, hey, if you want to ask Christ into your life, you just raise your hand, and we'll say a prayer together. And, you know, I raised my hand that day, and I'm telling you, my life changed. I began to experience a peace that I never had. That plan that he talked about in God's love, man, it started to unfold before me. It's not that I didn't have a problem. Matter of fact, four days after that, our daughter was born premature. The doctor said she wouldn't walk or talk. But you know what? God did a miracle there too. But I was going to trust him no matter what, whether she went back to heaven for a while or whatever the case was. But in our case, God healed her, and it was just a miracle. And I'm telling you, don't forget wherever you're at here tonight. God is a God of miracles. Never 
never, never give up. It's always darkest before dawn. I know some of you this Christmas season, you know, it's a time where you really struggle, and it's hard because some of the family members aren't there that were there. But I'm telling you, you can find peace through Jesus Christ. He's the Prince of Peace. And so tonight, I'm going to ask that question before we close. Are you 100% sure if you died, you'd go to heaven? And if you're not, man, receive this gift God has for you, this love that God has for you. It's like a present under your tree. I mean, it's not yours until you take it, receive it, and open it up. God's love was displayed on that cross. And I don't know where Jesus is in your life. Maybe he's still the little baby in the manger, but that manger's empty now. Maybe he's Jesus on the cross that died for your sins, but that cross is empty now. They threw him in a grave, and he was dead, but I'm telling you, that grave's empty now. He's alive and wants to live in your heart. He wants to have relationship with you. And if you'll think back, he's probably been pursuing you. So tonight, New Year's Eve, it's not about joining a church. New Year's Eve, Christmas Eve. I know I got the Eve part right. Hallelujah. But it'll be a new year for you tonight if you ask Jesus into your heart. Because if you think what's going on in heaven, there's an auction going on for you right now. And the devil's laying everything on the table and said, they're mine. I've got them. I've got them. I'm taking them to my place. But then God stands up and says, wait a minute. I've given everything. I'm giving my son Jesus because I love you that much. If you'd been the only person here. So if you need to get right with God or if you want to invite him into your life for the first time, right where you're at, would you just raise your hand and we'll say a prayer right where you're at. See a couple hands. Anybody else? And I know there's some adults in here that God's tugging at your heart. I know that without a shadow of a doubt. And you might have just came here as one of the relatives or one of the people that came into town. And, but I'm telling you, this is a divine appointment. I don't want you to miss this opportunity because you'll never have this opportunity again. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. It's not tomorrow. And you're not going to have another opportunity where you're sensing the presence of the Lord like this. I'm not saying never, but it's not tomorrow. It's today. So one last time, anybody wants to join in that prayer as we say it? We're going to say it either way. See some of the children? Anybody else? See your hand? Amen. Let's all say this prayer together, okay? And we're just saying a simple prayer to ask Christ into our life. Just repeat it after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I invite you. I receive the gift of love. I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord and my Savior. And I thank you. I know where I'm going to spend eternity because you're living in my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. You know, when we're all done, we're getting ready to kind of close out here in a second. But if you said that prayer, man, I want you to come meet me at the cross. And I just want to give you a, a little uh, bag with some information and to help you in your walk with Christ. And maybe you didn't even raise your hand. But you just really want to come up and just and just say a prayer uh, again just to confirm that. Amen? Well, it's time to get those glow sticks. If you didn't get all excited and break them already, break them now. Shake them up a little bit. And we're going to sing Silent Night. So let's stand to our feet. Pastor Nick.
Well, amen. God is good. Amen, amen. Well, we do want to wish you a Merry Christmas. And if you did raise your hand, just meet me over at the cross. Somebody already has. And just so we can say a kind of prayer together. But why don't on the count of three, we say happy birthday, Jesus. Are you ready? One, two, three. Happy birthday, Jesus. God bless you.